0: And happy Tuesday! This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. It is the thirteenth day of November. I'm super stoked! Uh, I've got a really amazing, multi-talented man in studio today, Mr. Mark Johnson. And uh, but before that, I I do want to sort of um, California. We're in Cal- We broadcast out of Hollywood, and California is uh, dealing with a lot of uh, gnarly fires right now. And I just want to send out a lot of prayers. Um, which sounds like nothing, but uh, my heart is there um, with everyone going through this that's been evacuated, Uh, humans, wildlife, uh, all the first responders and Cal Fires. um, You know, thanks for all what you guys are doing. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to sort of address that. Uh, Now... Uh, Quick hits. I'm going to do the quick hits in uh, week 10 of the NFL. Chargers are with six straight dubs and have their first best start or actually their best start in 12 years uh, with the second best record in the AFC at seven and two. Rough news broke yesterday. Denzel Perryman will be out for the rest of the season. Rams also fight for a win versus the Seahawks. And Hugh Jackson joins the Bengals coaching staff as special assistant to Marvin Lewis and Jordy Nelson retires. Uh, There's also news a little bit about the the Sunday or actually the Monday night football game may be moved um, from Mexico City to Los Angeles uh, as the field is a hot mess. Uh, Anyways, keep your eyes open for and your ears for Inside the Locker Room with Desiree, uh, the Chargers special that I do. I'll be uh, down there tomorrow or later this week. And uh, just a noted JT Altz is still in the number one position with Beat the Outsiders, our professional uh, outside the NFL, skateboarders picking NFL games. Now, without further ado, I would like to introduce. His charm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there.
1: He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were
0: to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him the way lightning precedes thunder. He is the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> All right. I wanted to throw that out there. I'm really excited to welcome uh, 2007 Saudi, a uh, phenomenal skateboarder, a businessman. Um, he's a creative. He's a vicarious reader. He's has an infinity with mattresses, and he actually makes a mean sandwich, um, I'm assuming. I'd like to introduce the one and only Mr. Mark Johnson.
1: What an intro. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Uh, You are. You're quite the interesting man.
1: What's up with the sandwich thing?
0: Well, you know, I was laughing because I was listening to uh, your Nines Club interview, and uh, your first job in San Diego was with a deli, and uh, it was with that same company that you made sandwiches also in San Jose, and so I thought you must have some sandwich-making skills.
1: Um. I think everybody can make a sandwich.
0: No, no, no. There's there's a special way to make a sandwich. I think you were probably like trained in the the perfect manner.
1: I think it just uh depends on the ingredients, but I will I will say that I make a fucked up breakfast sandwich. Oh. Yeah.
0: What time is breakfast at your house then?
1: Oh, I mean it's just uh, every
0: it's nighttime dinner?
1: It, yeah, it does there's no clocks at my house. But okay. Yeah. But the traditional breakfast sandwich
0: well, how do you make yours? What's your traditional breakfast sandwich for you?
1: It's either on a bagel or an English muffin, and it's Canadian bacon, cheddar, egg, of course, and uh pickle.
0: And a pickle?
1: Yeah, and hot sauce. Wow. Yeah, you would you think a pickle? Yeah. Yeah. Try I think it. a
0: tomato, but like a pickle?
1: You can throw a tomato on there. I love tomatoes, but uh put a pickle on there and trip out on like the way that that just it's 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 crazy i've everyone that i've given one to just been like what the fuck
0: that tapatio or what type of hot sauce uh is your go-to um
1: (laughs) fuck tapatio is good um tabasco cholula um what's that one what's the cholula one that's really good uh tabasco chipotle is good that one okay um, But, I mean, you could throw, like, almost any hot sauce on there. It's just something about the pickle. Okay, all right. And now this is
0: a dill pickle, I'm assuming. It's not a... It is. It's not and a, they're, okay.
1: the, they're the little, um those ones that are sliced, they're like the, the dill stackers or the sandwich ones. Oh. Yeah. See,
0: now you're bringing back your sandwich training, I think.
1: No, you just get them at the store in the jar.
0: Because I would never think about buying the pickles that are stacked <laughs> like that. I'm
1: telling you, man. <laughs> Anyone listening to this, go make a breakfast sandwich with the ingredients I just listed and throw pickles on there and eat that thing and trip out.
0: Okay. Well, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that tip. Uh, the MJ breakfast sandwich brought to you by who? What is this pickle? Uh...
1: Dash Radio.
0: Oh, there you go. That was a nice little <laughs> plug.
1: <laughs> da- brought to you by Dash Radio.
0: Mark has a radio voice as well. That's
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> this is my first rodeo.
0: oh my goodness Uh, okay if you guys are just tuning in you can follow Mark uh, if you're not already at Mark Johnson uh, on Instagram which is the best portal I don't see you on Twitter uh, and Facebook is pretty much obsolete I mean well it's not but
1: yeah I never did the Facebook thing I always thought it was just an ugly ugly platform anyways and it was kind of pointless Myspace? I did MySpace. Yeah, yeah, have um, you
0: Have you gone back and sort of found your old MySpace by chance?
1: They don't exist. MySpace is like a... Um,
0: no, no. You can find... I Googled my old one and found like photos. I had
1: mine removed by someone who worked at MySpace. Oh. Because you can't delete that shit. Like, good luck trying to delete it. You know, like, what are you going to email MySpace and wait for Tom to get back to you? Tom. I called someone at MySpace and said, delete this shit because it caused a bunch of problems in my personal life. As social media does,
0: do you want to expand on that
1: or not? No, no. Okay. It, I mean, God, this was like fuck. This was so long ago, like, like 2008 or something. Okay, but when you know, when when you're in a relationship and like you both have MySpaces, um,
0: <laughs> sorry,
1: and you don't trust each other,
0: mm.
1: you know what I mean? Like fill in the blanks. So I had someone leave their MySpace open at my house one time on my computer, just space out like probably too stoned or something and leave their myspace open fuck fuck
0: And so see you went in
1: i mean it was open i didn't go In in like just like got up and just walked away from the computer and then just ended up leaving the house and like you know the computer goes to sleep and then you fucking go to use the computer two hours later and the shit is open you know what i mean and you're just like what the fuck is this and then you find some crazy shit. And you're like, there's a re that, that I knew it. There's a reason why I don't fucking trust you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's worse than that. Trust me. It was worse than that. Oh, that's
0: not good. All right. We're going to go. We're going to switch gears, though. We're going to go. So okay. born in North Carolina, but back and forth to Virginia, kind of back and forth. Um, first, first board. Let's talk about your very first board.
1: It was a Nash Executioner. Nice. Yeah. And this is before I skated. My dad, um, who didn't have a car, which is really weird. Um, I grew up in a really weird situation, but my dad didn't have a car. But we walked like three miles to this store that sold skateboards and or whatever. It was like a fucking Toys R whatever, those, you whatever, know, Kmart or something. And my sister got a green one and I got like a hot pink one and it was i that was like 1986 or 7 summer of 86 or 7 and it's like getting a bicycle or getting a frisbee or you know what i mean like we got skateboards and we got matching skateboards and the craziest thing i'll never forget this the craziest thing is that uh, my dad had never mentioned skateboarding or nothing like never and we were we were like taking our new boards back Uh, to where he lived and the motherfucker did a handstand on one of the boards and rode for like 50 feet down the street wow yeah
0: so you kind of were genetically born with some dispositions to be a skateboarder
1: that's the only yeah (laughs) i didn't know he could do that and he'd never mentioned it or whatever but he did a fucking handstand and just rode rode it and my sister and i being little kids we were just like Oh my God! It was weird. Yeah, Jesus returned or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, but so yeah, like I said, like that was my first board. But I didn't skate. Like we, I learned how to tic tac in circles, mm-hmm. and just put that thing away for years, you know. And then first board was, uh, it was a Monty Nolder, uh, Hosoy board from the Hosoy brand. Right, Monty Nolder, deaf. Vert skater from Texas.
0: No, amazing. Yeah. And now, any uh, was there any reason?
1: Inventor of the Smith Grind, by the way.
0: Nice. And some historical uh, stats there for us.
1: Um, no, there was no reason. There was a denim store, and what's weird is in North Carolina, for some odd reason, uh, there were two denim stores in my life that were also skate shops. So they sold like jeans right two different ones um, and this one that would just sold jeans and like apparel or whatever and they had a they had like a really gnarly skate uh, like a skate section in their store made no sense but back then um, this was like 1990 so what I was probably buying was like a two or three year old fucking vert board but back then you walk into a skate shop and all the graphics were so um, I don't know like everybody had their own shape and the graphics were so crazy and like if you didn't know anything about skateboarding you would just look on the wall I just remember that first time looking on and I remember seeing a Jeff Grosso board the Coca-Cola graphic mm-hmm. um, when he rode for Santa Cruz but those it was just like the Tony Hawk board, the this board, the Sims board, like every board was its own thing with these amazing graphics. And I chose that graphic because it was purple and I chose the graphic because it had like a, like a indie, like a native American, like Indian head on a, on like an arrowhead or something like that. I could probably Google it and find it.
0: No, that, well, that's what my question was, is it was it the graphic that pulled you in or, and it sounds like it was.
1: Um, yeah, and also back then you could buy wheels individually, so you could mix and match the colors of your wheels.
0: So did you have red, blue, yellow, and green?
1: I got two green and two red, and there were vision blurs. I remember that, vision blurs. And those things were fucking, by the time I started skating, the gear that I got was just fucking old. It was already old by that time. Because there was already, I didn't know this, but there's already noses on boards, and Street skating was, like, a thing. Um
0: so you're, you're Googling that right now for us?
1: I was just re- responding to a text message.
0: So, um, okay, so from first board to, like, somewhere in the, I mean, you know, you've, you've spoken about your, you know, I haven't heard about the story about your dad um, getting up and doing a handstand on the um, skateboard.
1: Yeah, I've never, I've never, there was no reason to never it never came up. No. There it is right there.
0: Okay, and you found the the graphic? Oh, sick. Yeah, I remember that board.
1: So awesome. So mine was purple. And it's like the Hissoy rising sun stripes and then it it's a it's an arrowhead with feathers behind it. It's <laughs> cool looking, right? No, it's a really cool graphic. Yeah.
0: Super cool graphic.
1: Um random random uh side you- random sidebar I was at a bar in San Jose in like 2002 or three or something and it was like the end of the night and there whatever we ended up hanging out with these girls and they were a little older and uh one of them was Monty Nolder's ex-wife
0: oh that's crazy
1: yeah it was really weird
0: (laughs) (laughs) damn flashback moment that's a that's a pretty weird uh that's a gnarly story actually. And nothing happened though. You just met him and Oh no, I mean we just yeah, no, like I'm teasing. Yeah. It was like
1: she was in town, friends with one of my friends. You know, no no no. It wasn't like that. But um it was just crazy to just be hanging out and, and just ha- at some point that night, like have her go, like, yeah, Monty Noller's ex wife. And I was like, Holy shit, that's the first board I ever had. No, that's pretty yeah. rad.
0: Now, and I know that there was some problems, or not problems, or just uh, your upbringing was somewhat challenging or rough. Um,
1: Poverty, drug abuse, child abuse, yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, it's pretty common, I guess. It's not like, excuse me, Um, but yeah, when you have like poverty and drug abuse, child abuse isn't really like that far you know, behind it, it'll pop up somewhere in your life by somebody like on the periphery of like a social circle or a familial circle or something like Mm -hmm. it, just one of those things. So yeah, those are the, um,
0: How, how, you know, look, we all have, we all go through, we all have our adversities. It's different for everybody. Like we've all kind of had things that have uh, really oh, rough yeah, times did, yeah but um how... didn't get
1: those nikes you wanted for christmas
0: <laughs> i didn't get the horse <laughs> every <laughs> oh christmas God. i would look out inside outside my window and i would look and see if i had a horse uh, my sister got a horse though but i i didn't get a horse
1: <laughs> holy shit but um i can't even pro- i can't even process that
0: <laughs> no, no no i mean it was just i mean it was child i mean i we, my dad got him free from his clients that they were racehorses. They'd gone lame for racing. Can't
1: process that either. But
0: still, like, anyways. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna shut up while I'm ahead. Um, we'll go back to MySpace. My dad um, <laughs> got free
1: horses. <laughs>
0: no, I mean, he, anyway, the free horses are not free. I mean, because you have to pay for the board I mean, and for the Jesus favorite. Christ. Having a
1: horse <laughs> is like it's like having a boat. Like it's not even if someone gives you a boat, it costs a lot of money to, to take care just of it. to have that boat to own that boat. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. But you didn't get one. No. But your sister got one?
0: My sister got one. But I had, I got a hope. I had a, my first board was a Hobie with clay wheels. I just dated myself as well. But w- I skated on our driveway. Like we did a lot of driveway skateboarding back then. Yeah. Um.
1: You could have been like, I got that, I got that in 1997 at a thrift store.
0: Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was like only four at the time. No, actually I have photos. I'll show you later. I have photos of my mom got me skating with diapers on.
1: Holy shit. Yeah. Wow.
0: Just and barefoot.
1: Yeah, I remember riding a board uh in like eighty one or eighty two.
0: That's kinda of around the same time. <laughs> and that's that's
1: back when that's back when like your neighbors had one board, it was and it was a, of course it was a banana board. Yeah. And
0: um it's nice and plastic. All the
1: driveways in my grandmother's neighborhood, uh went downhill to the street. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Yeah. So basically you would sit on your butt and you would, everybody would be waiting at the top of the driveway and you just take turns and you would ride down the, you know, down the driveway across the street and into the neighbor's front yard that also went down, kept going downhill. So it was fucking fun. It was like, I mean, I just imagine that. Um, and then you would, at some point you would you would finish your ride and pick your board up and walk it all the way back up to the top so the next person can start.
0: That's pretty rad.
1: Yeah. That was my first experience.
0: Any footage of that? I just <laughs> it was
1: 1981. No, my family couldn't afford video. I don't even think video cameras existed back then. Super 8's did. Yeah, hell no. Not in my family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty rad though. Um uh now have now I don't wanna i and i don't wanna keep on with your with growing up, but seeing this and you sharing about your dad skating have has he had any response to the career that you this prolific career you have had through skateboarding
1: no actually uh the last time I saw him I was like i just maybe just turned twelve and he would already he was already gone out of my life for like four years or something and uh Nobody knew where he went. Really weird. Like my dad was a weirdo, but he just disappeared, quit his job, disappeared. Nobody knew where he went, and he popped back up. I want to say like eighty nine. Yeah, it was eighty nine, and uh, he popped back up at my aunt's house in Virginia, and I hadn't seen him in so long because when you're <clears throat> when you're twelve, four years is a long fucking time. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, and I hadn't seen him in four years. And he just popped up at my aunt's house and it was so unbelievably uncomfortable and awkward. It was really weird. That was the last time I saw him and I had no communication with him. Like he had no, he didn't know anything about my life or my skateboarding or, you know, nothing like that. He continued down that road and died at, uh, he died when he was 52 in 2000. Yeah. 2007. He died when he was 52 that story is just like that story's a bummer like he went all the way down he went all the way down the substance abuse road to where he was like homeless you know what i mean and they they call that kind of like those addicts are just called trash cans they'll just do anything you know what i mean it just doesn't doesn't matter but um yeah it's crazy to think about that where you're just like dude this guy doesn't give a fuck about when you're younger, you're just like, he doesn't, like, he doesn't give a fuck about me. Like, he doesn't want to know what I'm doing these days. Like, you know, you you turn 18, you turn 21, you, fuck, you have your own kid, like, you know, whatever. Like, he never met his grandson. He never, I don't think he even knew that I had a kid. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, after a while, you just, you grow up and you're just like, you get older and you're just like, well, fuck it. You know, like what are you gonna do? Like somebody just doesn't want to be found or doesn't want to be communicated with. You just gotta be like, all right. And then, yeah, it, it was um two two thousand seven. I got a couple of calls one morning that he had he had uh, he had died. He had died in a hospital of kidney failure. And the only way that my family found out is because my uncle got an ambulance bill for the fucking ambulance ride. Uh, he collapsed in a casino in Biloxi, Mississippi. And then w- somehow they took him to a hospital and he was in the hospital for a month and then just died. But they, the whole time, nobody contacted the family. Nobody contacted the family. And it was like, oh, he didn't have an ID because he got, when he collapsed in the casino, somebody um, somebody stole his wallet in the casino. So he didn't have ID on him. But my family, my, his side of the family, my uncle and my grandparents were just like, how the fuck did you know to send the bill? The fucking ambulance bill? Like, we didn't have an ID on him. Sorry. It's like, who the fuck did you know? How did you know to send the ambulance bill to, you know? Wow. Yeah. Freaky, right?
0: Yeah. Well, and what, ai mean, and, and for you, what a, what a contrast. I mean, you, I mean, 2007, you were a skater of the year. I mean, you know, I mean, I just,
1: yeah, it was fucking weird. And, uh, my uncle, my uncle sent, he sent me. So my dad's, my dad's worldly possessions at the time of his death could fit into tiny little boxes like a box the size of two shoe boxes, right? So he had two of those boxes with everything he owned on planet Earth. My sister got one and I got one. And I remember getting it in the mail and I didn't even bring it in the house. That's how, you know, it's just one of those things I'm like, I'm not bringing this fucking box in the house. So I, I, um, I brought it into the foyer. That's as far as into the house as I brought it. And I sat in the foyer one night and just went through this box of stuff like the most random fucking shit and there was like in there was like um this is really weird because i didn't know anything about my dad other than like the stories my uncle told me after Mm -hmm. you know he passed away but in the box were like um like the paperwork from like a drug and alcohol rehab facility wow Cause you know you have to like do paperwork and like answer questions and all this stuff. For some weird reason, he ha- he kept all his paperwork, and that was in the box. That was one of the things in the box. So I got to see his handwriting and all this shit, like that he wrote about his fucking drug and alcohol use. And one of the pages, one of the pages in the paperwork, was a list of all the drugs you've done and what age you started doing the drugs. And at 45, he started smoking crack. <laughs> it was just like, I'm reading this shit. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, it was just acid coke. I remember the coke parties in the, in, the, in the early 80s, the coke parties. I remember that. But starting to smoke crack at fucking 45, like, you know, you wake up in the morning and you have a pint of vodka and six beers before you go to work every morning. And just reading that shit and just being like, dude, who the fuck? Because I remember him from when I was like eight and, you know, younger Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Just, yeah. Fucking weird. Just being like, dude, who the fuck? (laughs) Who in the fuck is this person? Someone
0: very sick.
1: Yeah, just really. I mean. I mean, clear. yeah, someone who just had some kind of issues. I mean, everybody else on that side of the family is just like amazing and. You know, well off and successful and whatever you know. So I don't know. It's just it's a mystery that'll never be, never be solved.
0: Right on. No, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I, I didn't wasn't intentionally gonna go that deep. And uh, thank you. <clears throat> That's another thing about you is what you know. I've Um, recently getting to know you, um, really have enjoyed speaking with you. Um, you're authentic. You're creative. You're straightforward. You're intense. You're true to yourself. Um, how, where, where do these sort of, like, where, where have you gotten these characters? I mean, or these assets or personality <coughs> traits?
1: Um, I think part, uh, part of it, part of it comes from, it's probably some innate weird human thing where, you know, like you grow up, you grow up poor and you go to like, schools with wealthy kids and at some point like you're just as good you're you're smarter than them and you're better than them at sports and you're fucking this and that and you know it and everybody else knows it but you don't have money so at some point you just develop this like fuck you you know this kind of like like a fuck you type thing Mm Um, and I remember I had that in elementary school because I I went to these special schools for smart kids, but all the smart kids were mostly wealthy, and they were just fucking pricks. I mean, a lot of them were just pricks. So you have to you have to deal with like being a poor kid in a rich school, but like you're gnarlier than everybody in the in the you know what I mean in those grades in those classes, and you know it. Um. So at at some certain point, you just developed this like. Like fuck you, you're just a you're just a fucking waste of space, like who cares about your parents' money? It's not your money, you haven't done shit, you're fucking five you know six seven eight, nine years old, um, and you're a piece of shit, so it's just some kind of sense of i don't know i mean it but it's true, you know you're just like you're just like my potential far, you know, my potential uh in this little body, far outshines whatever fucking amount of money your parents might have or whatever. And you know that. So instead of being an arrogant fuck about it, you just kind of carry that with you like that's your big stick. You know what I mean? Walks off, you know, whatever it's, it is. walks walks but carry a big stick. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're a kid, you kind of need that. You would need your big stick. So, and it's just, yeah, there's... There's nobody crazier than poor white people, so I grew up around a lot of crazy fucking people, so you kinda i don't know you just take what serves you and you leave as much of the rest behind and that's where it comes from and then <clears throat> and then um uh kind of doing a lot of this sort of like on you know moving to California at such a young age like.
0: Yeah, it's sixteen, right?
1: Yeah, like moving by myself. Like I didn't move here with my parents. I moved here with some like people.
0: Four guys in a Honda. That's yeah, a three other or three guy. guys. Yeah, I mean-
1: three guys in a fucking Honda, and I mean when I say they didn't have any fucking money, like those dudes were stealing money, like on the trip back. They knew like how to steal money these little weird ways or whatever. So. Like, there was no fucking money. And then to kind of, like, have events in your life, and you still know the difference between right and wrong. You're like, I'm not stealing money. Like, I don't care what these guys are doing. I refuse to fucking steal money. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm getting a job, you know. So you do all these things, and, like, certain events in your life, you know, the cosmos arranges certain events in your life, and you always stick to what you know is, like, the right thing to do, you know. As those things pop up and then your life is arranged in in such a way where if you do become successful despite those odds, you kind of owe it to yourself to be authentic, to not betray that. Like, well, this is what got me here. Me being this way Mm -hmm. um, is what got me here. Like, why the fuck would I ever take a shit on that for anybody? And that's kind of how I've always been um in skating there's a lot of there's a lot of shitty kids in skateboarding you know there's a lot of shitty people that are good at skating and like i was lucky enough to never have to fucking be around those people you know all of the really like popular guys in the 90s or whatever um you know the legendary pricks and all that like luckily i just never had to go through any of that like i was always around really genuine good-hearted people so i was lucky that way um so yeah it's just one of the things you develop it over your life and you just you recognize it you cherish it and you you would never turn your back on that for anybody or anything you know for any kind of like personal gain or whatever and that's that's how it happens
0: Right on. well you've impacted quite a few people I mean obviously on your board and then off your board um I reached out to John Holland because I was like did you film the the modus part <laughs> you know he's like no I think Ty did um
1: yeah Ty and Greg and Hunt. I, Greg yeah Hunt.
0: and he thought maybe um who else um and maybe Matt Eversole
1: Matt might have filmed. A couple of things. No, 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 no. Because it was Transworld. Okay, no, no, no. Yeah, it yeah. was it was all Ty and Greg Hunt. Yeah, filmed that whole thing.
0: Well, you he was said I he said I was really nervous I to film him first. I mean he's a legend even then. And Mike Carroll was on that trip. Rick Rick Howard, all star crew that I'm shooting with for the first time. Jamie Thomas met up too. I'm just grateful I got to go on that trip. Uh, it was somewhere in the south. Um, and he said he connected with you, had some good laughs, shut down the bar in Beeham, And, you know, we both ha- got that same hairdo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I bought wigs on that trip. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, that trip was throughout this. It was just a trip through the South uh-huh. with, like, everybody that was uh, Shani, Chris Lambert. Okay. Brad Stava was on that trip. Um, yeah. That was interesting. That was like my first exposure to certain people where you're like, dude, you're such a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, wow, you were one of my heroes growing up and you are just a fucking piece of shit. Like that was one of those ones where you're stuck in a van with someone. You're like, "Ugh," you know what I mean? Like you're all about me. Not even all about me where you just see someone you're like for all your success and all your talent. You're just an insecure piece of shit. Pathetic, you know. Um, not naming any names, right? On. But that was a fun. That was a fun trip.
0: Well, and that you know, and I miss, I miss those videos. You know, and you, God, what thirty-two plus parts, let alone uh, other 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 videos. Um, turning pro for Maple, I was gonna get it. I was waiting for Ed Dominic to get me a quote, and uh, he's stuck over at Tomietto right now. But, <laughs> you know, um,
1: I talked to him recently. I talked to him like three weeks ago, and. That was an interesting conversation. I love Ed. Ed's right. Shit. And he's still with the same woman he was with in high school.
0: Yeah, he's,
1: he's a good he's a good guy. Oh, he's he's good people. That he called me up and I he I was just like dude, what are you on? <laughs> He was talking so fast, and we were on the phone for like two hours. He said probably so, had
0: three cups of or three espressos.
1: God, it was so crazy. I couldn't get a word in. Edgewise, and it's like he, it's like he had just had like a some kind of like, some kind of like, uh, brainstorm or something. Something had happened. He had had a flat, like an idea, and he called me up, and he was so excited. I mean, he was unbelievably excited and you just um so that that conversation was so funny um but yeah he's he's awesome he's awesome. He's doing cool he's doing cool stuff now too no, i don't mean i don't mean Yedo.
0: yeah no i mean and he's definitely creative i've always loved his imagery um and his energy and he skates ed's rad yeah um jai Tanju, you really made an impression with jai as well um you shot he shot the cover. You guys shot a, a trans world cover together. Um he says I don't yeah. I don't feel like I ever really knew Mark too well, but he was such a talented skateboarder and a cool character which made him easy and fun to photograph. We actually took quite a few great photographs together, including a trans world cover. Mark gave me a camera once out of the blue and it changed my shooting style and kind of my life too. Thank he you, made
1: Mark. a book. Yeah. Yeah. He made that It's called The Book Is Called with a camera from from Mark,
0: yeah,
1: um that was a good camera. I think it was like a, a pentax spotmatic, like a really good starter camera, but Jai wasn't even starting photography. he'd already shot, but there that something about that camera
0: no, it didn't spy I me mean it God it impacted his life
1: you- it's yeah, you can't shoot bad photos something it's like that, and no, like but a, you
0: have to meet you have to figure out how you, it's all manual,
1: yeah and I mean, he shot black and white yeah. he shot black and white film in that thing and there's a um so that was a pentax spotmatic and then there's another camera called a k1000 mm-hmm. that's it's like twin and i guess those two cameras if you're going to start shooting film photography those two cameras are really good to start with and it's got the weird like range finder to focus when you turn the lens mm-hmm. you look through it and like these two images like they line up Do they
0: line up to make a line or they, to make a point or a
1: they li- you're 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 you have two images of they're the same thing but you when you turn the lens to focus it those two images come together perfectly and that's when you know you're in focus so you can kind of focus on the fly you know mm-hmm. um yeah awesome jai good dude man
0: uh Burnett also had a couple words.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this oh, is I'm, your sure, I'm sure he did. <laughs> no,
0: nah, well, no, he, you know, and I don't think he, you know, um, he didn't write, I don't believe he wrote your Saudi. Um but just Mark Johnson is one of the most talented skaters alive and his unique approach to writing the board gives some insight into into his take on the world, although I would never try to guess exactly what that is. Um. You're – okay, you know, we've got – I'm so bummed. There's so much – you are – there's so much to talk with you about. Um But I do want to sort of shift back um quickly to moving out to California. I mean, Hail Mary, coming out here, you know, moving out at 16 years old, you know, then San Diego first and then, you know, having an apartment filled with – um Furniture from the stolen, convention center. Stolen shit. <laughs> or, or either
1: purchased, either purchased with stolen money, bought at like thrift stores, or just straight stolen from hotels. Like this, I had this roommate. He died of a heroin overdose. Actually, last okay, year.
0: Okay, I was going to hmm. ask you if you were in touch with those guys. No. Was this John or
1: no? This was, guy's name was Todd. Todd, pardon me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hadn't seen him since since i i literally went back to north carolina when i turned 21 in january of 1998 and that's the last time i saw him um and i don't know you know someone had told me but even back then they were like yeah he that's why he always wears like long sleeve like thermals Mm -hmm. is to like cover up he just started doing heroin or something and he like my friend will lived um in North Carolina and I saw Will and Will's like I swear he's like I had a party and then my house got robbed like the next weekend he's like I swear it was Todd I swear Mm -hmm. he's like how does that happen you know what I mean inside job type thing but um yeah that's so weird I was in a bookstore I was in a bookstore one night and Todd just appeared in one of the aisles and he's like, I heard you were in town. <laughs> Strange, just really weird. And he came to, he like went to the bookstore to find me.
0: A book signing or what? I mean, a why were you? It was just a you So it someone a
1: that worked at the bookstore was someone that I went to high school with. So I went in the bookstore, bumped into her, and then she called him. She's like, oh, I guess what I just saw, blah, 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 you know, whatever. And then he, whatever, he, he dropped whatever he was doing and he went to the bookstore and just appeared in one of the aisles. And so I hung out with him, uh, for part of the rest of that trip. And that was the last time I saw him, he was, he was normal. He wasn't, he didn't seem like a heroin guy or whatever, but I guess he struggled. I guess he kind of struggled with that, you know, for the next shit. Tw- I mean, 19 years, I guess. Yeah, you lose touch with someone who's like such an such a ends up being like such a huge part of your story. Um, There's very few people in your life that you come across that you can actually point a finger at them and be like, "That person changed my life." There's very few people. Like seriously, all these people that you meet and you cross paths with, very few you can actually point a finger at them and go you changed my life like you single-handedly changed my life that guy single-handedly changed my life for the better And he wasn't even trying to you know but i lost touch with him and then got a call from somebody last year it was like may 24th 2017 and uh yeah he was living in baltimore and mm. he died of a heroin overdose Maybe. yeah it's one of those things where like, yeah, you're just like oh my god i haven't I haven't heard from that dude in twenty years, like what's and then it just all it all it does is make you think back like you know you have like this weird like strange week of like you know time travel, and it's just a bummer, yeah, it's just crazy, I mean, I guess the moral of this um Radio shows don't do drugs. You know, I was like, we got so much other stuff to
0: talk about. No, I mean, you know, um, but no, it's it's great. Yeah, don't um, and, and pot leaves to heroin. <laughs> but no, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears. Um, yeah, let's switch. Let's it switch. Up. We're gonna shift <clears throat> gears and uh, we're gonna talk a little bit. I, you know, I ta- reached out to Ben Colon and just. You know, how, how true to yourself you are, he said. Um, what you put out there is what you are. Pretty intense, really thinks not just about going on filming, but you've got like like filming with you and shooting with you. There are skaters that like, or like have the photographer like, yeah, take me wherever mm-hmm. you got. You're the one, like a day one, like Ave that knows what you want to do and where you want to go, and you'll go out and you'll, you'll land, you'll break yourself off and you'll land the trick. You've got this vision that not everybody has.
1: Uh, Authentic. I mean, shit. No, it's kind of one of those things. If I remember correctly, it's just one of those things where like, because we were, you know, up to a certain point, my skateboarding was just skating with my friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And then after a certain point, my skateboarding became, uh, it's like I was labor at a video mill, you know. I was labor at a company that did nothing but make videos nonstop. So I was just labor, you know. I was just a worker, you know, on a conveyor, on a on a an assembly line, and I. That's literally how we all felt. Um, we weren't. It wasn't like. It wasn't like I switched, I I switched to a different group of friends, you know? It just, you're just put to work, and it, like, fucking hell, like, that's what it was. It felt like a, like a concentration camp or a late, that's what it was. It was a fucking labor camp for however long. I mean, whatever, like, shit, most, most kids would be like, I give my left testicle to work in that labor camp. So what it is, you know, whatever. But um, um, the point is, uh, so for that period of time where I was doing labor uh, to make these videos, um, there was so much traveling and so much like you don't you don't get to pick where you go for the most part. You just you're just taken somewhere,
0: and you're told to do.
1: It's you're not told to do anything because plenty of dudes didn't do shit. You know, it's just, you're just taken to a place and then you're taken to another place. You're taken to another place, and I'm the kind of person where, fuck, I don't want to just be sitting around. I don't want to go on a trip for two weeks or a month and just sit around. Like I would rather, I would rather skate, and just try to figure out a spot or you know try to f- make something work at wherever we ended up, and I think that's what. You know, that's what I did. At least a lot of people didn't. And I would like look at people that were just kind of like on these trips and just not doing much. and Just being like, God, how can you stand to be here right now? Like, this is so uncomfortable. This trip is so uncomfortable. The thing that'll take you out of that state of mind is just fucking skate. You know, that's what we're here to do anyways.
0: Yeah, that's where we're paid. Well, but no, but there's also you go to a different spot and you're on you're on a tour with people and you're shooting for a video, you're shooting photos for for an article, ad photos, whatever. Um, there's certain spots where like certain guys, that's their kind of spot. Oh, absolutely. And then yeah. there's the certain guys on tours that want to do, want to hit every spot and don't understand. There's also sort of a time where you actually kind of s- stem back to and allow other people to get apart. A Am I making sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: you know, I mean, there's such a, there is such a dichotomy like of different aspects to it. Um, but yeah, you're there to work. That's the bottom line, you know, and then you're frowned on if you're not, if you're doing too much sometimes, uh, depending on the crew you're with, but then you're, you're obliged to because that's why you're there.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is weird. I mean, other people would, if, if somebody's kind of doing too much, um, The only reason it would, it would upset other people is because it's like, it's like holding a mirror up to them, you know, like just by contrast, like somebody that's just like MVP on a trip made all these, these other people just look like shit who just sat around. But I did, I went on plenty of trips where I saw people just sitting around for like two weeks.
0: No. And there are, or they're just drinking. I mean, or they're just not, they just not skating.
1: Yeah, the and I didn't understand the people that didn't skate and didn't drink. That blew my mind. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, yeah, You got
1: to do something when you're living out of a bag for years, you know.
0: And I think you're, I'm I'm assuming you're speaking about the fully flared.
1: I'm just saying or you got to do or, I mean, like yeah. When you're out of your comfort zone f- continuously for years and years and years, like you got to do something, you know, drink or skate or, you know, whatever to take your mind off of the fact that you're – you know you're so or that maybe fuck maybe not maybe not everybody is uncomfortable you know that was just my experience a lot of times just being some random fucking town in the middle of like the midwest somewhere where there's just like it's a one exit town and there's a gas station and a fucking wendy's and then there's a happens to be a school up the road with a good handrail or something um Yeah. When you're just doing that continuously for years. Fuck for me, it just, it'd be so uncomfortable where you're just like cramped and eating shitty food and just not comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you you skate to take your mind off of that. Um,
0: Well, and that's why you're skating. I mean, you're, it's, it's part of your, it's part of my soul and I don't skate on the level you have. I've never have come even, I mean, it's not even in the same sentence. Um, but it's like it's it gives me a freedom, or it gives me it it feeds my soul.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't make sense that people would travel the world and to sit on their grip tape. Yeah. yeah. It's so that used to blow my mind because I did both. I did I did the drinking and the skating. You know, I just checked the fuck out. I'm just like oh. God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but now we got it. Like, but you you don't. You you shifted things because I, I do want to mention that right. You shifted things that way, and since we've talked about a lot of rough times for people, I want you know you you shifted and you made a change.
1: Well, I shifted I shifted gears into that pretty quickly, and then you shifted gears out. And then I sh- uh, well yeah, I shifted gears out like w- once I made the decision to shift gears out, like it wasn't long; it was almost in- instantaneous. Mm-hmm. You know, all you have to do is if you if you have a if you have a problem and you recognize it and you want to you want to change it, usually you can make one phone call. You know, if you ask somebody for help, you ask the right person for help, they'll fucking help you. Yeah. And a week later, you can be back at home with a different life.
0: You you have a lot of inspiration. Uh, and I want to, we're running out of time now, is I do want to mention um, business and company. You've got more boards that are going to be dropping here in a few months that are in the process, correct?
1: Yes, yes. Um,
0: eight new, sh- eight or nine new boards, eight new shapes. Is that, is my I mind, think, mm, is that my mind ser- serving me correct?
1: It's eight shapes. Eight shapes. And I think it's nine or ten graphics. Um yeah, we haven't even released boards yet. Yeah, we, yeah, you know, well, I'm a still sample waiting. One, on didn't
0: the... you do like sort of a sample run, sort of a blank with butterflies on it?
1: That, um, yeah, that was that's an older graphic, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's what I had put on this shape that I was trying out because I didn't want to ride blank boards. So I made a graphic specifically for this one box of boards. I got, okay. I got ten boards with this one graphic. Um and it and uh they were digitally the heat transfers were digitally printed so no but there was no setup charges or nobody had to fucking waste any kind of anything. Um Yeah, and that was that was like last year. But um we did uh I did out of those first run of boards, I made I made like a hundred or something like that, like a or ninety. Um I made 90 boards for riders. Like every writer got like a stack of boards mm-hmm. to skate um, before we went into like full production, which we still haven't done full production yet.
0: But that is coming. Yeah. Or-
1: every- yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Everything. I'm waiting on the photo samples um, right now of all of the graphics with on all the shapes. But everything ships in um, February.
0: Okay. So and people should follow business and company and it's business dot and dot company.
1: I mean if they want or to Or follow you. Yeah, follow me. Do Mark
0: Johnson do whatever, with a
1: C. Yeah, do whatever you gotta
0: do. <laughs> do whatever you gotta do. <laughs> Hit that. But don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hit that like button. Subscribe and hit that like button.
0: There you go. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to slide. Uh, my show is off. The tagline for my show is First Downs and Flip Tricks. I was laughing, watching again, modus operandi. I mean, and there's you've been in so many videos. Um, but I have to ask how Cliff Kaufman is. Or have you been in touch with Cliff Kaufman, the football player who introduced you to the kickflip? Which I thought was pretty ironic. No,
1: that guy graduated high school.
0: He's not playing in the NFL or didn't have an NFL career. Who who
1: knows? I want to say someone told me one time that he became like a lawyer. But yeah, I only knew that guy for like part of a summer. He like popped up after, you know, the football season was over. He popped up with his uh, Mike Vallely that was like a year or two, already a year or two old. And he was so good at skating. And then school started again the next year. He went back to the football team and he graduated and that was it. Never saw him again.
0: Yeah. And uh, made an impact. Made a huge yeah, impact. Yeah, the first like. person I ever
1: saw do a kickflip. Yeah. Right in my right, no, and I'd been skating for, by by this time, I had already been skating for, like, six or seven months. I had never seen anybody do a kickflip in front of me. So he was the first person I ever saw. And I was like, dude, where where have you been hiding? How come you don't skate? You're so good. And he's a fucking football player. <laughs> Yeah, he was—he dipped in and out, man.
0: That's he was, yeah. All right.
1: You know what's funny? I could probably fucking Google that guy and find him.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, we can uh, maybe you can give him a referral. Mark Johnson's, the uh, stamp of approval.
1: It'd be amazing to f- actually to find him and be like, dude, you got to watch this video. <laughs> like I'm talking about you in this video, and people have been asking. About you for 20 years.
0: (laughs) I know. Because I'd forgotten and I'm like, oh my God, how did I forget this? You know, I've got to ask about Cliff.
1: That fucking thing that I said in that video, it's been following me around for 20 years, almost 20 years.
0: What's rad though is that you, it's, my show, I have NFL players and I have professional skateboarders on obviously. But, so I always see the similarities in, in athletes. There's a certain, you know, whether it's, um individual or whether it's a team sport, I always feel like people that get to a certain level, there's a lot of similarities. Um, And you encompass that. I mean, this, he wasn't a jock. I mean, it wasn't what you would per se say. a I mean, I hated the football players when I was younger because they threw food at me when I was a punk.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, back then um, when skateboarding was uh, and, and punk, all that stuff wasn't, you know, culturally accepted or whatever. Yeah, fuck, man. You would get it from the from the jocks, the baseball team and the football team. Jesus Christ. And I don't I don't, I don't know if um not that they should, but not that they need to or should, but kids who skate now when it is it's not only is it it's culturally relevant and it's accepted, it's actually sort of like a a weird like it's a desirable cultural move to start skating or to be a skateboarder. But there was a time when it was not like, you know, like when I started skating, like if you, you know, I had a girlfriend before I started skating, right? And then while I'm dating her, uh, I start skating and I start hanging out with skaters. Uh uh-uh. uh. It was like she liked me a lot, but she was always trying to get me to quit. Cause her, she got it from her friends. Her mm. friends are like, "What are you doing with that guy? He's a fucking skater, like blah 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 blah." Like, yeah, I grew up with that shit. Where someone's like, "You skate," and then their parents are like, "Uh uh-uh, uh, you're not going out with that guy." You know, like, look at his t-shirt. Look what it. Look what's on his t-shirt, or look how big his pants are. Yeah. By ninety two, ninety
0: three, and look how small his wheels are. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry. <laughs> or this one, like. What the fuck is that graphic on his board? Like, jeez, it's a guy sitting on the toilet jerking off. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and God forbid that they had, didn't have a Big Brother as a subscription when they had that big mishap when they sent uh, the wrong issue, the wrong magazine to the Big Brother subscribers
1: which what what magazine did they send was it a porn mag to it was su-
0: like a gnarly porn and it was like big something i was it was gnarly it was pretty funny
1: it was like a it was like a um wasn't it like a bondage or an s&m magazine or something
0: yeah it was it was a pretty offensive um title like i forget the name of it but yeah it was pretty it was pretty uh but yeah <clears throat> wow that was pretty funny Um, so I think we are, we have run out of time. Um, I do have a little here and I'll give you this and you can open it a little later. Just a little grab bag of, of, of random stuff. If there's a football in that bag. There's not. I didn't give you a football. (laughs) I wouldn't do that. (laughs) There, there is silly putty though in there for you. Oh really? Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Um, thank you. Yeah. No worries. I feel like
1: this thing went by quick.
0: Really quick. We're going to have to have you come back in. If we can.
1: Yeah. I mean, I live up the road,
0: you know, and, yeah. or maybe we do a series on Mark. No, I mean, because there's so many, you know, I want to talk, I want to talk about it, the enjoy days. I wanted to talk about, uh, the back 40. I wanted to talk about uh, everything that's, you know, that you've been through. Um, oh, it's
1: Jesus, we I mean, it would have to be a series. Okay.
0: <laughs> the, the MJ series. God. No, but I mean, there's so many different, you know, obviously in your skateboarding career, um, there's so many tiers and I do want to end, you know, I know that, um, Giovanni Retta texted me, still has your he shot your Saudi. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> And and he sells the trophy. Or he he said oh, at his house.
1: Every time I see him, he's like, Yo, Mark, yo, I still got your skater the year trophy.
0: You want that thing back. <laughs> I still have um Rodrigo, uh Prague Crystal. Oh, really? Yeah, since ninety eight. Still trying to give it to him for twenty years now.
1: What? What's the shape?
0: It's it's a crystal. Like, actually, I finally pulled it out after 20 years of lugging it around to wherever we've lived. Um, it's this beautiful crystal from Prague, and it's a, a crystal vase.
1: Rodrigo Tex? Yeah. Oh, no way. So,
0: I mean, I've been trying to get it to him for 20 years, you know, and it just, Holy I'm like, okay, I gotta, I'm going to pull it out finally. How I did mean- you get it? Because we were all in Europe. It was his first trip to Europe, and we were all out there. It was 98, I believe. 98, 99, maybe. Maybe it was 99. Because I think Rodrigo was a little, he came out in 99. Um, Yeah, I've got a photo, I mean, of of Brian and him at the podium, you know, when he won it. Oh, wow. It was like his first trip to Europe, though.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
0: But uh, Giovanni just said simply he's one of the best skateboarders ever.
1: Oh, God, I have to call him. (laughs) Oh, man, I got a missed call from him the other day, and I realized I hate doing that. Fuck. Yeah, I need to call. If you're listening to this, Retta, I'm going to call you because it's been way too long.
0: Yeah, we're going to do a coffee lunch date or coffee date because uh, I, I need to go have coffee with Gio as well. So maybe we'll get your trophy back.
1: I don't need it back. Oh, you don't need it back. We have we'll have a, a, we have a joke, a running joke. It's just like no, but it tie, it really ties the room together. <laughs> you know it makes the it makes the rug and the and the couch you know, it makes the rug and the couch work.
0: okay, oh, it's a multicolored nice, yeah. nice that was that's very kind of you
1: he he took that thing from me and was just like he strong armed me. He was like, what are you gonna do about it?" And I was like, nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to have Giovanni back on. And we'll have to see if he can uh, bring that.
1: uh, He is. Have you ever had repeat guests? Yes. Okay.
0: So we can do it. Maybe we can have you both in.
1: Oh, my God. But we've run out of time. He would just do nothing the whole time. He would bust my balls. You got to see it in person. It's it's insane.
0: We might do a preview of coffee. (laughs) We're going to do a coffee Giovanni MJ uh, bust balls.
1: Yeah, he's uh, got stories, too. Stuff.
0: Um, but you guys, I want to thank you, uh, thank Mark, you know, for coming in again. I really hope we can have you back on. I really hope I can have you back on.
1: I live down the street,
0: so that's a that's a hopefully yes. And uh, thanks, to you guys, for tuning in. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. Have a dynamite week, and I'm out.